It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of Locked On Heat. On today's show, Jimmy Butler has reportedly demanded a trade from Minnesota, and he has a list of preferred destinations. But the Heat aren't on it. But we'll still talk about how they can get into the mix. So thank you for listening and for subscribing. Now let's get to the show. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where we break down every news item, rumor, game, and more. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm a credentialed writer covering the Heat and the NBA for Fansided. You can find me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. And I'm David Romel, a credentialed NBA writer who's covered the Heat and League at large for SB Nation and Fansided. You can follow me and my writing on Twitter at DRomel13. So about an hour before we started recording here, The Athletic reported that Jimmy Butler, in his meeting with the Timberwolves' top brass, has requested a trade. And then according to Adrian Wojnarowski, Butler has a list of, quote, preferred destinations, which, David, is now my favorite NBA-related buzzword, by the way. That preferred destinations list includes the Clippers, the Knicks, and the Nets, so not the Heat. But look, Kyrie Irving didn't include Boston in his list of demands. Paul George tried to force his way to the Lakers before the Thunder dealt for him. So I don't know. I think that I, I think the Heat still have a chance, but am I being too much of an optimist, David? I don't know. I, I hadn't wanted to go to Locked on Hawks, and and then like David Locke forced me here to Miami. So what what choice did I have? <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, so you know, I think the Heat still have a chance. I obviously do, but at the same time, okay, let's look at it from this perspective. The list doesn't matter. We saw with Kyrie Irving. We right. saw with Paul George. You can list whatever teams you want to be traded to, but the team is going to do whatever they are, whatever they can in their best interest, and that makes the most sense. So the package that Miami can offer but could potentially be better than anything they'd get from the Knicks, Nets, or or, uh, or Clippers. Eh, that's debatable. I don't well, think a lot of people I, have I do Miami. Wanna talk, I want to talk about that, but I just want let, let's talk about the merits of the list in general. Like, there are pros and cons to being on the list, right? Well, that, you, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I guess there are. Right? I mean, if you're on the list, right, you're you're thinking, okay, let's I, – I, I won't go so far as to say the list doesn't matter just because if, if you're the Knicks and you hear, wow, Jimmy Butler might want to resign with us, then maybe you're thinking, well, we'll part with some some things because we think that we've got a nice chance of retaining Jimmy Butler where is if we weren't on the list, we wouldn't even – be calling Minnesota, right? right. Um, and if you're the Nets or you're the Clippers, you know you maybe you're thinking the same thing. But the 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 con of that would be right then is that well, if he wants to be here, let's just try to sign him outright in free agency. But we've seen that happen with the Lakers, who decide you know Paul George said trade me to the Lakers, or he didn't say I should I should clarify he did not demand a trade, and he's been clear about that. He just said he just told the Pacers I'm not resigning here. I'm signing with the Lakers in free agency just so you know. Do whatever you want with that information. And so instead of the trading Pacers for him, the, the Lakers right just yeah. said, the Lakers were just like, well, we're not going to trade for you then since you're just going to sign here. 
And the Pacers were like, well, Paul George is open to be traded. Let's try, try if he's not going to be here a year from now anyway, let's get what we can for him. And Oklahoma City stepped up. So I don't know how much of a how it so it depends on what these teams think. Can we do we want to risk it like the Lakers did and end up not getting Paul George? Or do we want to just push all these chips into the middle of the table and say, you know what, let's go get this guy now so that we can make sure we resign him uh, next summer? Well, the three teams share a lot in common. Let's let's start from that perspective. The Knicks, the Clippers, and the Nets, none of which are going to be immediately winning. The the team with the best chance of winning some games, probably the Clippers, um, just because they've got Doc Rivers and an okay cast of, of players there. They're not particularly good. They lost DeAndre Jordan in free agency. Obviously, they traded away Blake Griffin, but they still have some good young talent there, some decent players. And again, Doc. So together, that might be enough to kind of push – them towards a potential playoff spot, but not a very likely one. The Knicks are without Chris Stapps Porzingis uh, for injury reasons, and so we're not sure when he'll be back. So they're going to be kind of treading water until his return. And even once he does come back, that's not necessarily a guarantee that they're going to be winning at any kind of consistent level. The Nets, better than the teams they've been in the past few years. They have some young talent. They have some draft picks. They're finally starting to rebuild the right way due to Sean Marks uh, in the front office. But at the same time, not considered a legitimate playoff threat. Now, however, the three teams also share the fact that they have plenty of salary cap space next year. And so that's where it gets interesting for Butler uh, and his team is that he could potentially resign with all those teams, one and sign as an extension with either of them. And what I've seen floated around also, neither of those teams have a point guard in place, not necessarily one that they're committed to 100%. I guess the best option of those three teams is D'Angelo Russell in Brooklyn, who's a young talent. But we've seen other rumors that Butler wants to team up with Kyrie Irving, who was a free agent this year after this one season in, in, in Boston. So potentially looking to angle for a location where he could sign, where Kyrie could sign, and then all of a sudden form this all-star duo to help propel either of those three teams into a much more productive future. And the other thing you didn't mention there is what those three teams have in common is that they're either in L.A. or New York, which seems to be something that's important to Jimmy Butler. There's other The Hawks could afford Jimmy Butler. There's other teams that could afford Jimmy Butler next year, too. But they're not in L.A. They're not in New York. And I was actually... I hadn't considered that. Because yeah, we saw that floated around somewhere, I think on one of our writer's threads, that that have appeal of a Hollywood Jimmy Butler, that there, there was certainly something, too, that, that these rumors started floating around in Chicago... I never heard that before. I didn't realize that that was the kind of thing that appealed to Jimmy, that he wants that kind of attention. I don't know if it's for the attention. I just think that there's, he probably just wants to, like, he might just want to live in a big city. I don't know if it necessarily comes with the attention, but he might just be, like, looking around in Minnesota and he's like, there's nothing to do here. I want to go to L.A. I want to go to New York. Like, he, he, you know, he started his career in Chicago. Great city, right? So it's just like. You know, and I'm just saying, like, there's a lot to do in Miami. If he's looking for a big city, I wouldn't call it Miami a big city by, like, L.A. or New York standards. But Miami's dope, and he could have a lot of fun there. I'm just saying. But, um, yeah, I don't know how much... We've already we already have heard reports that maybe the Knicks aren't willing to trade prospects for somebody um, who is going to be a free agent, right? And that, and I understand that they're, they're hesitant to do that. But I just... I don't think... I'm not going to say that... I don't think anybody is saying this. It's not just these three teams. Like, any team could be the OKC and just come up and be like, you know what, whatever they're offering, we can beat it just for the chance to play one season with Jimmy Butler and convince him to stay. And if there's a team that is like that, it's the Heat. The one thing that does concern me about this list, David, 
Uh, what, yeah. what, what concerns me about the Heat not being on the list is that Jimmy Butler has all of the, the information about the Heat culture and the Heat organization at his disposal via one Dwayne Wade and still did right. not include um, the Heat on that list. Now, I don't know if it's as simple as saying they don't have the cap space to resign me, so I'm not going to bother putting them That's on the list. That's a big part of it. I I'll think. let them figure out how to get the cap space first, and then we'll start talking. talking. But I do wonder, like, you know, had Jimmy Butler put the Heat on the list, that maybe that would have created more of a sense of urgency to trade guys like Tyler Johnson or Hassan Whiteside for just, you know, pennies on the dollar, for just basically just give them away for whatever they could just to start creating a little bit more cap flexibility. Um, so I, I am a little concerned that the Heat aren't on there for that reason, just because Jimmy Butler could know as much about the Heat organization as he wants to just by talking to Dwayne Wade. No, he could also be playing a different angle where he doesn't necessarily want Miami to trade whatever young assets they mm. might have in order to deplete their roster, and then he could potentially join them next year as a free agent, yeah. assuming they are able to make some kind of deal next season. That's a lot of supposition. That's very, very optimistic, and I'm sure a lot of Heat fans would probably be like, yeah, absolutely. You, you trade away Tyler or Whiteside, and next thing you know, you clear that cap space so that he'll sign a long-term extension in here uh, or sign outright as a free agent, and you still keep Josh Richardson or you still right. keep Justice Winslow and Bam Adebayo. Uh, you know, that's that's tricky. Um, well, none of those players are superstars either, so it's not necessarily like they're going to be able to lure Butler right. and convince him maybe that he can sign here and play, you know, and, and compete for a title. I want to talk about what it would look like to land Butler. Like, what would that package look like? But I want to tell you about our new fantasy football shows at the Locked On Podcast Network first. There's two new shows. First... There's Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7, which breaks down the latest transactions, injuries, and waiver suggestions. And then we have Locked On Fantasy Football Experts, which includes a stud list of guests every day from places like Pro Football Focus, Sports Hub Technologies, and Pro Football Weekly to break down and analyze all things fantasy football to help you win your league. So check those out on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, don't you love a great night out? Whether it's to see your favorite band in person or being right there in the crowd to cheer on the Miami Heat. But that stuff costs money. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all of the live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for the seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners to this podcast an exclusive promo code for $20 off any order of $200 or more to save even more money. So go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, LOCKEDON, for $20 off of orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. That's a big deal. And for the biggest concerts uh, and games, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, LOCKEDON, for $20 off of your order of at least $200. Let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event and make a memory that lasts a lifetime. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so the Heat aren't on Butler's list, so before we can figure out what they can trade, uh, we should probably look at what those teams that are on the list can trade. So Butler lists, he lists the Nets, the Knicks, and the Clippers. So let's look at the Nets first, David, um, because Miami would have to, 
I don't know. I guess you'd have to think if you're the Heat, you'd have to be able to beat these offers in order to really get into that conversation, right? So mm-hmm. uh, not saying that Brooklyn or, or New York or, or the Clippers wouldn't necessarily be offering these packages, but we're looking at what kind of packages they could put Potential, together. So yeah. Brooklyn, they've got nice young players like Karis LeVert, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, and then they have what's good for them, a bunch of uh, one-year contracts that they can use to match salary there. And then draft picks to add in there for Sweetener. A bunch of draft picks because Brooklyn, that's all they do is get draft picks. Um, so they they have a lot of ways that they can actually make it work. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good package of, of things and players that they could include there. Um, with the young players, kind of fits a lot better with the timeline of Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. It shifts the focus a little bit. Um, there are concerns, I would think, from Minnesota's perspective, whether or not Tom Thibodeau wants to coach uh, a team that's all of a sudden much younger like that, even though they've acquired older players like Luol Deng and, and uh, Taj Gibson and potentially Joaquin Noah. So that's a big you know, that's a big I, question, right? Is with any that's if you're Minnesota and you're like, what kind of direct do you are you trying to get prospects, draft picks, and kind of reload, or are you trying to do more of like a win now move, like you did with Jimmy Butler in the first place by trading prospects so. for Butler? I just I don't know. I like I wonder if Thibs learned from his mistake. Maybe he tries to buy more time, right? Because he's not done no. a great job. I don't know. <laughs> no. No, I don't see that. I really don't. I, I I think I think any scenario would be more of a win now type one because you want to mm-hmm. be able to convince Kat to resign uh next year. Um you've got Wiggins long term there already under contract. You've got these older players. I don't think you convince Luol Deng, oh look, I know Deng wanted to sign for you know playing time more than anything else. But I don't think he goes to a team that was going to tank or, or, or actively throw away their best opportunity to win this season. So I, I don't know. I see that as being more of a, an important requirement for Thibodeau, something about, you know, wanting to compete now. Look, the eighth seed or seventh seed, you know, something in the Western Conference wasn't necessarily a guarantee, even with Jimmy Butler. But it was much more likely to happen with a, a talent like Butler's. So you want to be at least, I don't know, say so, somewhere in that same conversation. And yeah. I don't think you do that I mean, with I would... this package of Brooklyn. I, I just, I don't know. I think like you've got Carl Anthony Towns. You have a really good chance at signing him to the extension because you can just flat out offer him way more money. And the just the history of guys leaving uh, before they sign that first extension is like there is none, right? Like they just they almost always stay um, right. if their team wants to resign them to that max extension. But you know, I I think that they should rebuild around Carl Anthony Towns. And you, regardless of the age of the players, you should just go find guys that fit. That fit uh, his, his skills, yeah. But then again, I have disagreed with almost everything Thibs has done, so I could see why he would go the other way. Um, the Knicks, look, they've got other than the Joakim Noah for Jimmy Butler deal that's sitting right there for them. Um, you know, maybe maybe Thibs is just like, you know what, Joakim Noah is the most underrated passer of any center I've ever seen. We should trade uh, Butler straight up for him. They can oh. use deals like Ennis Cantor's expiring, which is. You know the Cantor Towns pairing, that's kind of nice. I don't. Uh, that's kind of interesting. It's very similar to what you know the Cantor Porzingis pairing. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of defense there, but you know who needs defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, and then they have uh, Frank Nilakina. Tom would argue that he needs defense. That's true. They also have Frank Nilakina and Kevin Knox, and those are the big guys, right? And we've already heard reports that the Knicks don't want to trade prospects for somebody who could just leave in free agency, regardless or not if that if they really think Jimmy Butler will resign there. Um, but look, I don't know that Nilakina and like a, a the, and 
I don't know, a big contract like Ennis Cantor's expiring, that seems like maybe the most plausible deal. I don't know that that gets it done for Minnesota. I think that Brooklyn could beat that with their draft picks. Um, I think possibly the Clippers can beat that, depending on what the, the uh, Minnesota thinks of a guy like Tobias Harris and their young guards. But if I'm Minnesota, I'm calling up New York and being like, look, Jimmy Butler's on your list. We'll do Kevin Knox and like Cantor's expiring deal straight up for Jimmy Butler. That would be a home run for for Minnesota, you know, when you consider that Jimmy Butler wants out. You know, I think getting a guy how, like Kevin Knox would be huge. How would you rate Minnesota's bargaining posture on a scale of 1 to 10? Because at this point, Zero. you're a week away from camp. Yeah. You're a week from away from camp. Butler's not re-signing with his team. You're going to have a potentially disastrous training camp if you're not able to trade him. Um, it just seems like things would go really badly very quickly if you don't move him right away. So you you don't have much of a leg to stand on as far as what you want to acquire. You're you're looking for whatever deal you could potentially get. So on a scale of one to ten, what would you give them? Zero. I just they have zero bargaining zero? power. Yeah, I mean, like okay, they the maybe like a two only because they could play off. They could play you know these three deals. They could play these packages off of each other, and they can. It's like look, hey, the Nets. You know, the Knicks also have a good chance at retaining Butler, so you're going to have to up your ante. So this list actually, I think, helps Minnesota. So I'll give them a 2 out of 10, realistically. But um, And then they could play teams that are not on the list off of teams that are on the list. So they could do that part. Um, but that's that's really it. It's not like they can't... I don't know. I think Jimmy Butler has more bargaining power than anybody else. Yeah, strange timing from Jimmy. Like It seems like he got all summer to work this out, and I don't know what came to a head. Well, he, he was working out in Miami. That's what happened. And he was... Sure. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, it's not it's like, like Carl Anthony Towns. Why don't Towns, I just stay here? <laughs> did Carl Anthony Towns become a worse teammate in, over the last half a month or something like that? Like He could have requested this trade in July. I mean, you know that? I think maybe that's probably more of a suggestion from his agent saying look, this puts Minnesota in a real hole right away to make this trade right away. True. I mean, it could be strategy. It also could be just the fact that everybody was gone on summer vacation, basically doing their workouts and stuff like that. And now that, you know, training camp is about to start and and things like that. um, Just, he was able to get a meeting and Jimmy Butler was available for a meeting. It could be just as simple as that. I don't know. But uh, by the way, for the record, I think the Knicks would be crazy to trade Kevin Knox for Jimmy Butler straight up, only because I don't think they'd have to trade that much to get Jimmy Butler. Um, I just think that that would be, like I said, it'd be a home run for Minnesota, but they're not, they don't have that bargaining power. I don't think that they even enough to get a guy like Kevin Knox. Let's go, let's look at the Clippers though, um, because then they can use, they've, they've got expiring contracts they can use. They've got Tobias Harris and Martin Gortat are their two best expiring contracts. When I say best, most expensive um, in order to match salary. And then they have some young prospects. They drafted Shea Gilgis, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Jerome Robinson, two guards in the lottery. Uh, they still have Juwan Evans, point guard that they drafted. Um, so, again, going, it, it's similar to the Knicks deal, right? You have a, a bigger contract that's expiring, like an Ennis Cantor, in the Clippers case, with Tobias Harris or a Gortat. And then, you know, a young guard or two that you can put into that package. So that's where, they're, that's where they stand. I don't know. None of these really, like blow my mind but then again when superstars get moved they really get moved for a package that does blow your mind i mean i think the Kawhi deal was an exception is that you're removing one superstar for another and right. DeMar DeRozan. uh and then you know look at the underwhelming package that indiana got in, in exchange for paul george no one expected 
Victor Oladipo, who had struggled for a couple seasons in Orlando and kind of was playing wingman to, to Russell Westbrook during his MVP campaign. Nobody saw right. him taking that kind of leap that he did. So, you know, it, it's tough to say. Maybe and none of these one of teams, these that's, that's a good point because you made the, the Toronto. Toronto had DeMar DeRozan to trade, right? Like none of these teams right. have a player. None of these teams have a DeMar DeRozan. None of these teams have a top I don't know, 40 NBA player that they're really willing... Like, other than Kristaps Porzingis, who the Heat, the, or who the Knicks aren't going to trade for for Butler, I don't see it, you know? Yeah, neither do I. So it, it's it's tough. I mean, that that's certainly... It depends on what Milwaukee is looking to get. I, I don't think that they're a team that's interested in draft Minnesota. picks. Not, I'm sorry, what did I say? Milwaukee? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Minnesota. I don't, I don't know that they're necessarily looking at... Oh, apologies there. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> um that's a good place to take a break. Let's talk about what sort of package the Heat can put together. Uh, but first, I want to let you know that the Locked On Network is expanding with college shows coming this week. Locked On Wolverines, Locked On Buckeyes, and Locked On Seminoles. Plus, we are already locked. We already have Locked On uh, Ducks, not Locked On Nittany Lions for you Penn State fans. Uh, locked On Bears, Locked On Crimson Tide. Blah 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 blah. Not Locked On Nights yet. No Locked On Nights, David. Maybe I should host Locked On Nights. Find your favorite college show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on Spotify. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so what can the Heat trade? I actually like what they can put together compared to those other deals, David. And again, maybe maybe I'm being an optimist here because I've been trying to get Jimmy Butler in Miami for a very long time. Um, but it's got to start with one of Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson, or Bam Adebayo. The problem, right, is matching salary, and Miami would have to include... One of those salaries that isn't super valuable, you know, a James Johnson, a Kelly Olenek, a Deion Waiters. Um, and so what works on paper is something like Josh Richardson, Deion Waiters, plus a future first-round pick for Jimmy Butler. We've seen stars get traded for pennies on the dollar, but I'm still not sure that's enough. It really, it really depends on what Minnesota thinks of a guy like Josh Richardson. I think he'd be a great fit there with his commitment to defense, his length, his youth uh, ties in perfectly with that age. Uh, you know, that we were talking about earlier with Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins. Um, I, I like the move. I, I don't know that you necessarily even need to include a Dion, to be honest. With you. I, I guess for salary purposes. Yeah. Right? How would it work? Would it work with like say a Richardson Tyler Johnson package? I mean, you'd have to start throwing in more of uh, Minnesota's salary. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that. I just I don't know. I, I what, they, why they would Minnesota use, do that? Because <laughs> they could use some scoring punch in their backcourt. I don't think they have any. With Jamal Crawford leaving, I think they're they're kind of missing some scoring off the bench yeah. in their backcourt. That's kind so of why I, I put Deion Waiters in there. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Yeah, no, I mean it makes perfect sense, uh, and and I like the fit. I, it's just unfortunately with Dion reportedly missing the start of training camp, and who knows exactly when he'll be healthy. There's no guarantee that he'll be a major contributing factor right away. Uh, and, and if that injury is going to continue to be right. a nagging one. Look, from Miami's perspective, parting with Josh would be tough. Parting with Dion would probably be a great move for them because, again, we're not quite sure how, how much waiters will be able to contribute. We re-signed him when we didn't expect to acquire Dwayne Wade. So, I mean, now that we've got him, now that we've got Wade back, waiters become somewhat superfluous. 
Uh, and if you could get a, a star like Jimmy Butler, all of a sudden that makes much more sense too. So you'd start him. Would you start him at the two or three? You'd probably have to start him at the three and just have to, and you, cause you're, you're losing Josh Richardson there. So, yeah. Um, so but then again, you're also three, losing the, Deion Waiters. So maybe, but I just, you maybe you play Justice you start Winslow Wade. at the three. You could start, yeah, you could start Winslow at the three alongside Butler, which would be a hell of a defensive lineup. You could start Wade and then have Wayne Ellington yeah. be your primary guard off the bench, which that looks like it's going to be a big option anyway. So, I mean, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of the, different factors. There. The problem with the Tyler Johnson deal, by the way, just to go back to that, is that it would put uh, it, Minnesota would have to get rid of about $8.6 million worth of salary, and they just don't have a, a contract that's in there. I mean, they've got Carl Anthony Towns at about $8 million, which obviously <laughs> they're not. And then the, the next the next one over that is Taj Gibson at $14 million. Um, and then below that is Justin Patton at like two and a half. So it just they just don't have salaries that really work without you know loading the heat up with a bunch of players with, who they're not going to want. Um, mm-hmm. But um, and even then, I don't even think you could do a deal. But that's the hard part. I almost think if Miami's going to pull something off, it's almost if you include Josh Richardson, you've got to include either Olenek, James Johnson, or Dion. Ooh. Right, and so I think you would still do it if you're Miami. You would still you would, you would have to do it if, regardless of it would be one of those players plus Josh Richardson for Jimmy Butler, you have to do it. But if Minnesota prefers maybe a Justice Winslow, I could see Thibs being like, I need Winslow's defense, especially next to, um, you know, not not that Richardson's not going to defense, but you can get maybe Winslow plus Whiteside for Jimmy Butler. Um, and Wiggins is their starting two. Yes. Okay. Or three. I mean, he could play either one. Yeah, yeah, he could slide, he could slide on pretty easily there. So, I mean, I guess I could see that where Winslow could be your three there in, in Minnesota, or you could do the same thing with Richardson. As and you well. know what? That does that doesn't even work either because you still need that extra eight million dollars in salary. So that's still tough. You could do like Winslow and Tyler Johnson, but I doubt. I just, I don't see the Timberwolves wanting to do that for Jimmy Butler. So really, the only deal is Deion Waiters and Josh Richardson again, unless. Unless Miami can get a third team involved, move one of these like Tyler Johnson, Whiteside, or even a Goran Dragic deal for mm-hmm. a different for a, an expiring contract, and then you can lump in that expiring contract with some other stuff, then you start maybe getting a a better deal from Minnesota. I almost think that Miami needs to get a third team involved. Unless again, Minnesota's just like, yeah, we love Josh Richardson, so we'll take Josh, Deion Waiters, and a future first rounder. Now, I was having this discussion earlier, and I'm wondering, maybe just to play devil's advocate here, are we willing to give up Josh Richardson at 25 for Jimmy Butler at 29, considering the kind of mileage he has on his short career? That's a lot. That's a legitimate question, by the way. I mean, it's the same question the Knicks might have to ask about Kevin Knox. It's the same. I would do it. I would do it only because I don't know how much more. I don't know how much more growth Josh Richardson has. Like that's, I'm a big fan of Josh Richardson's game. I like I said, I think he should have been on the All NBA defensive team. I think he's got a lot of room to grow, but it's that's what I think. We don't, I don't, I don't. That's not what I know, and I think you just have to do it. Um, yeah, I just, I think you'd have to do it if it, if it's basically at, Richardson for Butler straight up. You have to do it. Yeah, I was looking at Butler at this point in his career when he was 25 years old, and and they were at comparable places. You know, still playing on their rookie deals, et cetera, and. Entering their fourth year in the league, 
Butler's numbers were already better per 36 minutes than than uh, than Jimmy than than Josh's were, and right. his ability to get to the line was significantly higher than Richardson's. So he already showed more potential at at, at 25 than Richardson has at this point. But it's still a concern as far as the overall health. Although I guess you could argue that Josh has missed time due to injury, that because of his thin frame, maybe he's going to continue to suffer injury throughout his career. I, I, I don't know. I don't, sometimes I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate, and other times I feel like I just don't want to trade Josh Richardson because I like him as a person and as a player on this Heat squad. But we've talked about the acquisition of a superstar for so long. Uh, you know, obviously you were you were one of the loudest persons banging the drum last year for Kyrie Irving. So I imagine you feel pretty strongly about a chance to acquire a guy like Jimmy Butler, who is an all-star, who is an Olympian, who is you know a, a superstar on Team mm-hmm. USA, one of the biggest names around the league. Uh, this is a really good opportunity for Miami. So you can bet that they'll be making whatever phone calls are necessary. And you know the other part of this is if you get Jimmy Butler, are you able to then move more salary? You trade whatever assets you can to create max cap space and maybe get a Kyrie Irving. Or somebody Ooh. else that Jimmy Butler wants. We've talked about Butler's recruiting power before is much greater than anybody else on the Heat's roster, maybe with the exception of Bam Adebayo, apparently. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. Okay. Uh, well, we'll leave it there. I mean, we're going to, as, as people hear this, there'll probably be even more news on the uh, Jimmy Butler front. But uh, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. As always, you can reach us by email at lockedonheat at gmail.com or on Twitter by using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Also, if you want to contribute to our upcoming written Miami Heat season preview, you can do that by visiting patreon.com slash lockedonheat and clicking on the questionnaire link. We've got, David, we got a bunch of uh, new responses since the last time we recorded. Um, it's a cool way to share your thoughts about the Heat's upcoming seasons with thousands of other Heat fans. That's it uh, for today. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes. Thanks for listening. One last thing before you go. If you run a company and you're unhappy with your return from advertising online or in print, try something new and advertise on a podcast here at Locked on Heat. This is a great opportunity for local South Florida businesses to connect with Heat fans. More and more people are listening every day. 50% of U.S. households listen to a podcast, and one in five Americans between ages 18 and 49 listen to at least one a month. That's according to Nielsen. Thanks to the rise in mobile options from iTunes to Spotify and more, to your smart speaker at home, there's more ways than ever to listen to podcasts. Now is the time to get in. Be ahead of your competition and start advertising on a podcast with us. Our rates are reasonable and based on the number of listens, so you get what you pay for, with numbers to back it up. Whereas print, TV, and radio ads are a shot in the dark. You have no idea who is reading, watching, or listening. That's not the case with podcasts. If you want to reach engaged, passionate, and knowledgeable South Floridians, This is the way to do it. For more information on next steps, email us at lockedonheat at gmail.com, and we could be talking about your company on the next episode. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.